Welcome to episode 14 of the RXP Podcast, our first episode of 2021. I'm your host for today, Alex, and joining me is Matt. Hello. And Tiffany. I'm ready for the new year. Longtime listeners might notice we're short of voice today. With a sad heart, I would like to announce that Yasser will no longer be a regular co-host of the podcast starting from this episode moving forward. It was his personal decision to step away from the show, and we would like to wish him good fortune for 2021 and beyond. Yasser, um, if you are listening to this, it might be one of the first episodes you've listened to, <laughs> so congrats on that. <laughs> um, Yasser and I go back way, way back all the way to pharmacy school, where we initially talked about starting a podcast, so I um, hate to see him go, but I'm excited to uh, see where he goes, and we'll still be talking about Cyberpunk in the outskirts we just won't be recording about it um but thanks man it was so nice getting to quote-unquote meet yasser uh during our podcasting sessions and I'm super bummed that you have to leave and i hope that you enjoy this episode and now to start off 2021 we would like to do a special episode of our top six recommended experience of 2020 why top six? Because we want to. And with that, <laughs> to start off. Because <laughs> screw top fives. My, <laughs> yeah, screw top fives. Uh, my number six recommended experience of 2020 is visiting San Diego, California. Oh, um, nice. And to, to elaborate on that, it's actually the one-year anniversary of when I visited San Diego of the day we're recording this podcast. Oh. So exactly There you go, dating it again. Well, I didn't say the day. I'm just saying it's been a year. They don't Listeners don't know the date anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's been exactly one year since I took a trip with five of my friends who are uh, located on the East Coast, and we met and hung out in San Diego for five days. And I'd say it's a great place to visit. I mean, obviously, since it's in the southern part of the United States, you know, the temperature is very moderate, especially uh, in January even. Um, and uh, when I was down there, you know, great food right closer to the border. So you get a nice, a lot of uh, Mexican-inspired food. But also Yum. just the temperature, the culture, and how it's just such a nice place to visit. Not necessarily sure I'd live there, mm -hmm. but definitely I would recommend to take a trip out um, if you're in the California area, especially if you're interested in Los Angeles. You know, San Diego is only about a two-hour drive south of there. So it's a quick stopover, um, relatively speaking. And in particular, the places that I really enjoyed when I was down there were the Shout House, which is a uh, bar that uh, when I visited, I've actually visited during the night where they had a dueling piano show, which was Sweet. fantastic. Um, great music, great performers. And it was just such a memorable time there with me and my, my buddies. And also I would recommend uh, visiting La Jolla, which is you know north of San Diego slightly, but obviously beachside. And you know if you want to see the beach, great water. Uh, my actually my first time being in the Pacific Ocean because I went uh, open water kayaking off the beach, so that was quite the experience. I got to see dolphins and a seal, like in Whoa. you know in the wild for the Ooh. first time, like not just behind a aquarium a glass, yeah, in an aquarium. So it was definitely uh, 
a memorable experience there to kind of realize, you know, all these things that we see that are either on the internet or like in these, you know, human made spaces that, you know, they exist, right? This is, it's wildlife for a reason. So it's definitely was great to kind of, I guess, not to say it in that, you know, kind of trite way, but, you know, becoming one with nature, as they say. Mm. I think that's a great recommendation. Uh, I have a, I had a friend that lived there for many years and I stopped by over there occasionally and uh, I really recommend the San Diego Zoo. I think mm. that's a great experience, but I love zoos. So that's just me. Me too. <laughs> oh yeah, I also stopped by the zoo as well. Great, great place yeah. to, to visit. Gosh, I miss and, traveling uh, so much. Oh, like, I know. And obviously, <laughs> take the chance to go out there if you can when it's safer to do so. Yeah. It'll be on the list. Be on the list, man. I I just really miss traveling, <laughs> just anywhere. I <laughs> Being hear on the you. East Coast, I'm like, oh, West Coast. That sounds nice. <laughs> I've only been to Los Angeles too. That's the only place in California I've ever been. Um, so oh, you're missing out on a, a lot of California. That's true. It seems like a big state, if I remember a map correctly. <laughs> so yeah, you've been to the Lost. Now you gotta go to every San, and then you'll be everywhere. uh so i guess my number six um has nothing to do with traveling since i haven't uh all 2020 um but something that i've really has really become a big part of my 2020 to kind of keep me sane are uh multiplayer games and one multiplayer game in particular um has made it into this top six list which is Sackboy, a great <gasps> big adventure. Is it a great big adventure? Wow. I should have made sure I got the title right. <laughs> a big adventure. A big adventure. We make it a great big adventure. A great big adventure. Um, so actually, this we all got it at launch, the three of us, PS5, but it didn't support multiplayer until mid-December or something like that. Um, but for all you listeners at home, um, Alex, Tiffany, and I have been playing this ever since multiplayer became active, and I love that game. I I really love that game. Like I, after playing Astro Boy, I sorry not Astro Boy, Astro Bot. <laughs> I'm really Sack boy, killing, Astro Boy, killing Aspot. these names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, Aspot now, <laughs> no, no body meant, shaming. No, I'm an Astro Bot. This is an explicit wrong. podcast for a reason. <laughs> Um, but it, after playing Astrobot, crap! I said it again. Astrobot. No. No. Is no, that right? Astrobot. No, Astro <laughs> right. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> after playing that one game, all I wanted to do was play Sackboy because that game. I'm a big platformer. Um, ever since like Nintendo 64 days of like Banjo Kazooie and Super Mario 64, 3D platformers have been my jam, and playing with you guys has been an awesome part of 2020 it really helped like even december 2020 um it was it's just been a lot of fun um and i have it really, has been fun i have a big music fan like in general and i have been so impressed with how they've implemented music into that game and we still haven't found toxic by britney spears but i'm still putting it on record that when that happens i'm gonna lose my mind it's gonna be great <laughs> 
And I love whenever we enter a music level, <laughs> trying to figure out the name of the song yeah. that's playing. <laughs> My favorite part is when Alex and Tiffany start to hum the music. It's not at the same time as the music that I'm hearing, and they're both at different parts of the song. So I just get to hear like this giant mess between the game and then both of them. <laughs> what was that song from the other night? Take on me oh, or lean yeah. on me or take, take on, on me. me. No, take it's take yeah. on me. <laughs> oh my gosh. It took me forever to figure out what song you guys were trying to say. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but oh, it's it's a great, great game. And I, I think the platforming's amazing. I think the design of it is beautiful. I had never played any of the Sackboy or Little Big Planet games before, but I've been thoroughly impressed and I'm very excited to play it again. Um, but you know, can't cheat on you guys. Gotta wait. Gotta wait for you guys to play it. So there you go. Yes, because the camaraderie. Thank you, Matt. We're so thankful mm-hmm. and and blessed. Hashtag blessed. Um, so my number six is a is also a video game and something that I've mentioned before on this podcast. So my number six is Spiritfarer. That game came out in 2020, even though it feels like eons ago. Yeah. And it was just a, a very delightful, uh, low-stress video game. And honestly, like, I probably recommend it to any like anyone that's not... Or it, it's basically accessible to anyone. Like, you don't have to be a programmer to, to play it. There's all different types of gaming styles and mini games in that game. There's cooking. There's fishing. There's platforming. There's hugging. Like, Spirit <laughs> Fair was such a delight to he's, play. He's getting choked up over the hugging. No, I just think, like, <laughs> out of all of them, it's, like, cooking and fishing and hugging. Like, <laughs> it's, like, one Listen, does not feel like the other. When you hug your spirit friend, it just like it just warmed you up, you know. Like it was so cozy. Uh, I jolly, as some might say. Yeah, jolly and cozy. It was basically also weirdly like soothing, even though it was about death and loss. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people may have been affected more than others uh, in 2020 due to the pandemic, and you know, some people may have missed on having those personal relationships with family and friends um, because of the social distancing that we needed to do to keep everyone safe. Um, But Spirit Fair just was so nice. And you got to play as this little girl named Stella and like go on the journey of taking um, some of your spirit friends to cross over. And I thought it was a really sweet game and I would really recommend it. I, it's it's one of my biggest regrets of 2020. It's not finishing Spiritfarer because I thought the game was so beautiful and I kind of wish I went your route. I got it for Xbox because I was all about those achievements. You know what I mean? It was free. <laughs> You're right. Oh, and okay. that, that was the biggest achievement was that it was free. You're right. <laughs> that that also free. Shout out to Game Pass. Shout out to Game Pass. <laughs> um, it should be on my top six list, Game Pass, but it's not. Um. <laughs> I should have got on the Switch because that game was definitely something that you could just like go to bed with. Like you you just yes. like it just puts you into sleep. Um and it's like really soothing. I that game is so good and I wish I went back to it. I I'm I still might. Um I kind of am almost tempted to get it for PS5, you know, boost up my uh, trophy score, but whatever. Um 
But I've... I mean, not going to lie. I said that if it went on sale for PlayStation 5, I would be totally willing to play it through it again. And listen, y'all, I rarely actually play through games more than once. So that's yeah. how high praise I give it. Yeah. Even at number six. Wow. Your list is already crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I have friends that like I I think we have some mutual friends that played it. Um, Gerald, friend of the show, he played it, 100%ed it on Xbox, loved it. Um, so I just need to give it another chance. But it's definitely, I 100% know why it's on your list. Like it is it is moving and it's crazy to think. Um, but it, it's, it's a good game. Speaking of moving, uh, my number five, <laughs> I, I guess we're moving on. Yeah, what a segue, right? Uh, my number five is actually Pixar's Onward that came out on uh, March 6th of last year. And, uh, you know, wow, on, was it this onward. year? Yeah, or last, last year, Matt. year, I mean, w- within a year. Oh, it's been my gosh, that seems like so yeah. long ago. Yeah, uh, and it's it's my number five for a multitude of reasons, but mostly it is the last movie I saw in the movie theater prior to all of the uh, COVID, uh, you know, mm-hmm. procedures being implemented, especially in California. And so it's it's one of those last experiences I got to you know have that surround sound, see it on the big screen type experience. And uh, in addition to that, it was also a movie I saw with my mom. And one of the last things I did with my mom before she had to go back and leave me while she was visiting. So uh, for for those two reasons and also just the movie itself and kind of its message about family and I guess in a way also of loss and I guess acceptance, (laughs) which it does seem somewhat similar to Spirit Fair in these aspects. (laughs) I guess Um, you're getting sad with these picks. (laughs) Right, right. And, you know, at least hopefully moving on, you know, positivity, right? Top five or top six, excuse me, (laughs) recommended experience of 2020, but in a positive way in that it's just was an amazing movie. Yeah. Yeah. And especially uh, the lead voice actors, Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, they did an amazing job as the main two brothers in the movie. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil... Uh, what happens in case people haven't gotten the chance to see it, especially in the theater. Not to say it's ever come back to the theater, but just no spoilers here for the most part. Um, at least for me. I don't know about these two. They might be loose cannons. I adored I adored that movie so much. Watch it now on Disney+. Plus. I still have yet to see it. <gasps> so I will change it, I promise. I, I've been wanting to, okay. and I have Disney+. Plus, so I will put it on the list. It is, it is such a great story about family, you know, like in a journey, it's, it has an epic journey. It has likable characters, adventure. Um, they're two nerds. Like, honestly, it was so good. Excellent Hmm. recommendation. So I guess moving on to my five, my top five, um, pick would actually be something from last gen that I'm now have played on the PS5, which is Spider-Man PS5 Remastered. Um, I know you guys have both played the PS4 versions. Um, so I'm a little bit behind because I never played the PS4 version. Uh, but one of my favorite games growing up was Spider-Man 2. I played on PlayStation 2, I think. I played on PlayStation 2. It was either that or GameCube, but it was my favorite game, one of my favorite games growing up. Um, 
just the freedom of like playing a Spider-Man is something that I've always loved. Spider-Man is like probably my favorite Marvel character. Um, I really enjoyed the the Spider-Man animated series from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. good. Like coupled that with Batman the animated series and so down. So down for it. Um, but I that game was so good. Like I, I've I platinumed uh, Spider-Man PS5 remastered or I guess it's PS4 remastered um, on the PS5. I played it on New Game Plus and played it on Ultimate Difficulty. So I've like 100%ed everything in that game. And both of you were like, nah, you don't need to. Like, you're at 97%. But the part of me was like, one, I wanted to get like that OCD perfection of like 100%. But two, it was just a fun game and I didn't want it to end. Like, I loved playing as Peter Parker and I enjoyed playing as Miles Morales too. Um, Both of those games were excellent. And honestly, like I'm a big comic book nerd and fan. um, And it was so cool to play in a medium that, you know, like we watch movies all the time and I love watching movies, but there's something about just playing the action of it and getting to kind of put on the suit per se like that. I just video games just transcend all other forms of media at that time. Um, But that game has been one of my favorite things on my PS five since the launch. Um, I think it was my wow first real platinum after Astro uh, bot bot. (laughs) I had to think about that. (laughs) I was like, take your time, Matt. Take your t- take all the time you need. <laughs> Don't mess this up. <laughs> um, but it's so good. It's so good. Um, it is so good. I love that game too. Thwip, what was thwip. your favorite part? Um, I think my favorite part was seeing characters reimagined in different ways, like characters that I've known for a long, long time, like Dr. Octavius. Um, Dr. Octavius, you actually start out working um alongside him um and wait are we are we doing spoilers? We're, not doing spoilers we're not doing spoilers no spoilers um you work alongside him and in the back of your mind you're thinking this is doc ock like he's one of the biggest villains that spider-man faces and it's it's so strange to be able to like see him in a different light kind of see him in like the more human side it, it really reminds me of spider-man 2 um back with who who's the guy that played doc ock um it's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, um, that guy. <laughs> I, I thought they did a good job. I, was in like, that. I don't remember that actor. Um, they did a good job in that movie, too, when Peter worked alongside him to show kind of his human side. And it, it's the cool thing about Spider-Man is that all the villains have somewhat of a reason. Like, they're not just evil to be evil. Sometimes they have personal reasons that are, like, trying to get money for their kid or, or trying to, like... They're doing all these things because they're getting blackmailed. Like, um, there's a lot of human side. I, th- I feel like Insomniac Games did a good job at fleshing out some of these characters and made them interesting. Um, like, even, you know, your interactions with MJ, like, the classic, classic thing is, you know, you and MJ are a, a thing. You know, everyone should know that if you've seen any sort of Spider-Man film or, or comic or TV show or anything. And kind of seeing, like a human side of spider-man that yeah he's awkward and he struggles with girls you know it's just like a 
a, a thing. He's a guy, you know, and guys struggle with that sometimes. Um, so I just like the human side. The yeah. Insomniac Games just really nails, just 100% nails. Awesome. I think Spider-Man is also, like, excellent. And when I was playing through Miles Morales, I was like, oh, man, should I get the upgraded version and replay that? Um, My one gripe but is that... I finished all these, like 100% and everything, and then they had like that super powerful mode where it's like HDR, 60 frames per second, like a week after I finished them up and platinum both of them. You finished? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you need to put it through it again. No. Who knows? <laughs> Can't do it. No. <laughs> it's okay, number five. Fair. It's not number one, all uh, right? So, oh, fair, fair. Okay. So my number five, my fifth recommended experience of 2020 is a specific escape room uh that's actually doesn't exist anymore which is really sad but honestly you guys it was one of the best escape rooms i've ever done in my entire life that i feel like i have to talk about it in case this company ever comes back from the ashes and recreates this room so everyone listening i need you to know come close (laughs) come close uh i love escape rooms and before the pandemic hit i used to do them all over united states when i went traveling or i even did one in london because i'm that much of a nerd that i found one when i went vacationing over there and i just love the experience it's basically like a real life video game you know solving puzzles with your friends or strangers what have you and like cracking the code you feel like a rock star when you like escape the room and you punch in that code and open the door i literally feel like i could like break a car in half you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) so there was an escape room that i did in northern california Uh, i went to visit alex in early of 2020 in early of 2020 Um, I had a chance to visit him before I haven't seen him since, but we went to an escape room and the company is called off the couch and they had an escape room called Excalibur and this escape room was very immersive multiple rooms like you think like you walk into a room the first room that you walk into feels like a forest they even change the temperature settings. To make it feel like you were walking outside. Yes. And then even before you started the room, you know, it it was called Excalibur. Everyone was given a role. Mm -hmm. Um, Like wizard, scribe, knight. Like it was really cool. We all got cloaks. And like if you were the scribe, you got a notebook and a pen, which you use to take notes throughout the room. The wizard got a staff. The knight got a sword. What, what and was like, your role? Ale- I was the wizard oh, because cool. I just like literally was like, he was like, we have a wizard. I'm like, everyone move out of the way. That's mine. <laughs> like, and then, so Alex didn't have a role when we walked oh. into the room, but then they gave us a hit. They're like, you might unlock more roles as you make your way through. Oh. And then we were like, oh, no way. And not going to lie, we used like my wizard staff in the room with magical like puzzles matt oh it was okay it was so immersive and amazing yeah. i honestly can't gush about it i'm like was i'm this, very was sad this like multiple rooms then yes so like multiple escape yeah. rooms within a giant escape yeah, it, quest room 
a quest yes okay so it's like we were like in the forest trying to make our way into the castle and oh, the next you know what sweet. i mean like there was a there was a door that looked like a castle door and when you walk through it we were in the castle it was honestly i'm like so sad that it's dead because the pandemic mm-hmm. uh the pandemic really hit it hard and i think the landlord of the location where it was at is like we're we're selling our property or something but i was really sad to see it go but i really hope other escape rooms or you know will Mm -hmm. rise up from the ashes and maybe maybe this designer can collaborate with someone else in another part of the united states or wherever to keep creating but so like yeah it was an experience i would never forget what role did alex find uh that's spoilers oh oh okay It, it we'll tell you offline all right. We'll tell you that sounds line. good. That sounds good. Yeah. In, in case for the listeners out there that might have a chance to get to experience this later, if it does get resurrected from the ashes. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. How many escape rooms have you done? Is that a lot? Double digits. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at this point. Less than 100. To... Okay. Yeah. Less than. <laughs> 90. <laughs> 95? Maybe me no, that might be too high. Maybe I feel like at least sixty, right? Whoa, like I really feel like at least sixty. That's a I, lot. I like escape rooms. What's your winning percentage? Honestly, I'm probably at like a seventy percent. Oh, probably maybe pretty good. Maybe seventy five. Okay, maybe seventy five. Uh, listen, I've done a couple rooms that had um, faulty materials. Oh, so you're one of those. You start blaming the materials. No. Oh, my goodness. I'm not counting this on my win win streak. (laughs) (laughs) I've had some tough ones. I've had some faulty materials. I've had some rooms where I straight up ignored the fact that it's like, hey, you should have at least a group of eight. And like, nah, bro, we got this. And it's like, nope, we should have had more than four people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a hodgepodge of those. But I honestly, I miss escape rooms so much. I love them. Real life video games you know where it's at i um yeah, get off the couch i one time was in this yeah. escape room with um uh my girlfriend at the time um <laughs> this has been a while now but <laughs> her and her family and we all went to an escape room and there was this puzzle right in the middle and you had to like we basically figured out this clue that you had to count like every fifth letter in this uh-huh. thing and i made the joke because i'm a pharmacist that hey I can count by fives, like, because that's, you know, like, the stereotypical, like, pharmacist count by fives thing. Anyway, I thought it was hilarious. Yes. Um, I thought it was hilarious until I kept getting the same answer, and the same answer um, kept not unlocking what we were. It just didn't make any sense. And then um, they recounted, and they're like, oh, well, Matt just counted counted wrong. <laughs> and it was... So you can't even count by fives. I, I couldn't. I felt like I, like, had to turn in my license at the end of it. It was so bad. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's very sad. I mean, listen, the thrill of when you are the one that solved this puzzle that people like your, your compatriots were just like struggling with. Mm -hmm. I feel like a freaking wizard. You know what I mean? I feel like I had like 50, 50 with some like brilliant moments. They're so much fun. Yeah, they are. Like Yasser and I went to one in Richmond 
and I think I told you about this one where they had the one an with the actor. Zombie? Yeah. Yes. It, it was like a live zombie in the middle of the room. And like the longer you took to do the puzzles, they would um, increase like the chain length. And so um, the zombies reach could be like further and further out. Um, and basically, I think Yasser and I were the last two, I think. Um, and we just needed to type something into the keyboard. And we were, like, stuck in two corners that the zombie could not reach us. And, like, oh, one of us had so to sacrifice ourselves for the other person to type it in. It was so, like, it, it is. It's a real-life video game. And it's just so, so much fun. Did they, like, if they caught, quote-unquote, tagged you, were you, like, not allowed to play anymore? Right. You had to, like, sit oh. out. So, like, the rest of our team um, were already out. And they were just watching us, you know, do this. And so we were the only, we were the only ones left. Um, but it was so much fun. Um, I hope those things have a resurgence after the pandemic. They like started to pop up everywhere. Um, I, of course, yes. am not a, as big as you. Like I've maybe played a handful, um, but I've always enjoyed them for sure. I love them. Yeah. All right. Uh, so moving on to number four. So my number four is a little known title that I hesitate to call a game because some people might not consider a game, but I mean, it is a game you can buy on PS4 and PS5, and it is Dreams. Oh, okay. So, and uh, in our call here, I'm actually going to be sharing something with my co-hosts for them to appreciate while we talk about it. Uh, it won't be included in the <laughs> podcast description, or it might be, um, it depends, but hesitate to add these in case they change later um, if the YouTube videos get taken down. But uh, Dreams is a creation tool made by Media Molecule, and it is an evolution of what Little Big Planet, uh, which was Media Molecule's previous game, was striving to be, in that it is a combination of being able to play levels, create levels, and kind of share levels with other people. And um, Dreams is this next step forward, right, where their mantra with Dreams was, you know, to be able to create your dreams in, in this game, in this engine, in this creation tool. And the two things I shared uh, with my co-hosts here are two examples of what people can do in this creation tool. And it is mind-boggling how real, how, I guess, visceral the types of experiences you can make. Uh, just to reference, uh, one of them is the example of a classic English breakfast. You know, so you got roasted tomato, baked beans, um, sausage, egg, bacon. Or Yo, It looks good, too. I guess, yeah. Like they're, like, I guess, glistening. You know, definition of bacon's different in Britain, but, you know, yeah, like a real British photo. bacon. Yeah. And the other is an example of just taking a walk outside, which, you know, which we would all love to do right in 2020, you know, being in nature and just being away from people. But these are just two examples of how powerful the dreams tool is as not just like creating games, but also just creating experiences. Uh, right. So like looking at this delicious looking breakfast or looking at this kind of outdoor scenery and kind of being able to, you know, walk through and just hear the sights and sound or hear the sounds, see the sights. And on top of that, also just to enjoy games. I mean, back when I bought it, cause it came out in February of last year, um, you know, I just tried some, a handful of experiences that people just made, you know, within 
basically a week of it coming out and you just can see the creativity that people get to experience with, um, with the tools and just kind of how over time I can only expect more and more out of this. And I guess you'd say it's, it's weird in that since the game is more so just a compilation of what people make of it. And so obviously when you buy it, it's not something that, uh, really has any real innate value. I mean, there is a single player story you can play through that's made by Media Molecule, but the game is more focused on catering and supplying these kind of curated experiences to you to say, oh, you know, during wintertime, a lot of people made, you know, Christmas related things. And it was just nice to like go through and, you know, listen to people make music and dreams and just look at these winter scenes um, with snow, you know, living in California, right? We don't get snow out here. So just being able to see snow in the game is just kind of nice to get in the, the spirit of the holidays. And I'm just very impressed. And, you know, as a wannabe creative myself, I'm just very excited when I see the things possible in this tool of, you know, what could I make? What is something that I might be able to, you know, invest some time in and maybe even collaborate with other people? Because that is definitely something they promote and you being able to ask other creators to use their creations in your own dreams and obviously giving them credit for what they made and having that in, in your contributors list and just kind of the things being made in dreams are compilations or these creative outlets of other people's dreams. And so you just get this nice kind of fun, uh, weirdly cooperative multiplayer experience, even though it's a very, um, asynchronous in that way. But, um, mm-hmm. but definitely it's something I would recommend if you have a PS4 or PS5, you know, I think it's been on sale for even like $20 recently. And that's something that you can hop in and just see, you know, games, people's music, you know, tea, like little skits, basically animated mm-hmm. skits or what I showed uh, Matt and Tiffany, just here's just some scenic stuff you can look at that's made in this like tool, but look, looks almost photorealistic. But like, so here's my question. I've heard of dreams. I've never owned dreams. How, do you make all this stuff? Is this like Minecraft or like closer to Photoshop? Like this is intent. Like this looks like a picture. Yeah, it really is. It's however you want to create it. There's really no, um, so there are tutorials, obviously like with any game to help get you used to the tools. So like re- making shapes, resizing how lighting works, how pathfinding works, like simple AI routine, mm-hmm. But it is like a development tool. So something like Unreal Engine or oh, Unity okay. or some any sort of other development engine like game creators might, you know, use to develop things like uh Sackboy, right? And uh I guess Dreams really um does well when you're able to, I guess, learn from other creators and kind of build this common knowledge base of I can see what the tools can do, right? The tutorials kind of explain to you, oh, this is how you select a block. This is how you can Mm -hmm. shape it. This is how you can place like a key light. This is how you can move it around. This is how you can change opacity of a material. Um, But it is kind of learning through what other people have made, right? Like looking at these examples and saying, hey, 
these are possible. Like this is possible to be made. So you, you can kind of see the extent of, even though I don't know how to make it now, I can see that other people can. And it's, you know, not just you learning, but being able to learn from other people and like asking them, yeah, send them a message and be like, Hey, how did you get this rendered to look like this? Or how did you, you know, create this AI for this thing to walk back and forth, you know? Um, and so it is just that open outlet where it's both, undefined yet so defined in the way that you know anything you can see you see in dreams you can make also and it's just that kind of fun thing of there's no limits on on your creativity for the most part Hmm. that's sweet tiffany have you ever played dreams yeah so i was actually uh with him when he bought it oh uh in the early um in the early 2020 because that's when I was visiting him and we played this one game in dreams that was a like a little hammer mini game where you played 1v1 that was made by the dreams devs you know because they they came out with a couple properties yeah uh, that were or a couple mini experiences I we played that hammer game for like an hour it was like so fun it was almost like a Mario Party mini game and I loved it and I lost like 80% of the time but I still had a blast wow <laughs> yeah I everyone keeps talking about it like I know a lot of the guys on kind of funny like talk about dreams so I've heard of it I've just appreciated some of like, you know, like um, you see like these cinematic things and like in the corner, it's like made in dreams. It's like the new shot on an iPhone type deal. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so my number four is steering a little bit away from games for a bit um, is Hamilton, which was a new <gasps> yes. experience for me. Um, so yeah. Hamilton, I am a big musical fan. Um, I actually was in musicals when I was in high school. <laughs> like, um, it was just... No way! Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I was big in the drama department. Like, I just... Not big as in, like, I was famous. But I was like, I really enjoyed it. It was something I really enjoyed doing, like, getting in front. And, I can like, see it now. And singing. I can and, see it. And acting. You always had the lead role. No, that's not true. Um, <laughs> my favorite role I ever did was an Oompa Loompa in Willy Wonka. <laughs> it was the most fun I've ever had on stage. You're like the tallest person I know, so that's like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm like, I'm not that tall. <laughs> um, so I have heard a ton of people talk about Hamilton. Um, one of my co-residents loves Hamilton. Like, she loved Hamilton. I think yes. um, like yes. she would talk about it all the time. Like, we were in pharmacy school together. She would talk about it then. Um, I knew I wanted to see it, but I knew that the tickets were really hard to get. So I knew it was kind of like a, a shot in the dark. But when they said that they were going to release it, a film version on Disney Plus in the summer of 2020, I was like, this is it. This is the time. Um, I watched it, and I was blown away. It, like, it was spectacular. And I kind of, I don't know if you guys get like this. When everyone hypes things up, like, over time, I almost get super nervous because I'm like, it's not going to live up to the hype. Like, it's, it's just not going to. But it really did. Like, it delivered. Um, I, I thought it was so well put together. The music was great. I'm a, you know, I've already talked about my, my love for music. 
um you know i listen to a lot of like 90s r&b and rap and like i thought all the music numbers were just so on point um lin-manuel miranda like is so talented and you know i you know whether or not it's completely historically accurate i don't really care like it was just a great story and i've you know since i watched it i think it released in july like since then i've listened to the the soundtrack at least once every few weeks um like a, a song here or there but that that was so good um i i it's probably one of my favorite things that i've watched on disney plus you know like minus mandalorian but um hamilton definitely is is a great thing if you have disney plus go watch it you won't regret it i completely agree agree with you in that i'm not the biggest play guy at all uh not to say that plays are bad but typically it's not plays are my first go-to of you know being in new york or being any place Mm -hmm. with a theater of like oh yeah i want to go see a play but you know watching hamilton on Disney Plus and having that opportunity, I'm like, I, I think Hamilton does also kind of stand a tier above the rest in terms of production and, as you mentioned, music and just being like, oh wow, this, you know, typically also it being historically inspired, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which might come off as boring to some people, especially me. Um, <laughs> it, it made it entertaining in a way that I watched the whole thing and like had no problem just sitting through the whole what like three and a half yeah, hours. Yeah, it's three long. Hours? Yeah, but it was every minute of it was great. I I also adore Hamilton. I actually have the first CD. So it's a two CD soundtrack. I have the mm-hmm. first CD in my car, like in nice. my CD player at, almost at all times. It's kind of my default. Like if I don't like what's on the radio, I play uh, the songs off the excellent the soundtrack uh i actually uh went through the pains and struggles of getting tickets when they came and toured in the dc area i waited in an online queue for like eight hours to get tickets wow <laughs> yeah and so i i believe i saw it in like 2019 i think summer of 2019 and i loved it i loved it i didn't even mm-hmm. have the original cast but who they had in the tour group was still excellent Oh, I'm sure it was it was it was amazing. And I loved watching it on Disney Plus with the original cast. It just Mm -hmm. it was fantastic. I wholeheartedly agree that it was a great experience. I I listened to the songs by King George the Third like over and over. I think his songs are so funny. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. My favorite song is uh, the one sung by Angelica Rewind. Uh huh. Track number eleven. I, love, I play that song. <laughs> track number so eleven. <laughs> I love that song. Oh, it's so good. So, so I guess going piggybacking off of the Disney train, my number four <laughs> recommended experience of 2020 happened in March 2020. I went to Walt Disney World right before everything shut down. And I went to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and Disney's Hollywood Studios. And this ride, you guys, Rise of the Resistance, which opened up in December 2019 at Walt Disney World, was the best ride, interactive experience, what have you, I've ever experienced. Uh, The ride broke down on me three times. 
So that was kind of a struggle. Uh, we were waiting in line. It broke down. We had to leave. We had to come back. At one point, I think I wrote it for a little bit. No, no, no. Yeah, I wrote. I No, I went through one part of the section because there's a walking section and then there's like a car riding section. I went through the walking section and then it broke down. And then I had to leave and come back again. And I was like losing hope throughout the day because getting into the queue was a nightmare because you had to be in the park on your app, clicking buttons, making sure you got on the, the queue line because they have a virtual queue because they physically don't have space for people to wait and stand in line. Mm -hmm. And um, when I got the queue to go on board, I was so excited. And then it just kept breaking. However, the final time, you guys, when I went through the whole thing, I, my mind was blown. Like you basically acted like you were a part of the Rebel Alliance mm -hmm. and like going through your own little story and it's worth the heartache of it breaking down on you multiple <laughs> times. I just like honestly, Matt, like I, I felt like a little kid going through the whole thing and I loved it. And the honestly, the special effects were crazy. Really? Like when they had, yes, when they had like, there was, well, oh, no, I don't want to spoil it. I can't spoil it. It just, when <laughs> let's just say when lasers were shooting, well, when lasers were shooting and it hit the walls, it looked like the walls had melted away. When it was oh, probably sweet. just like video, you know, like video trick of the light kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but the whole experience was amazing. And once it's safe to go to Disney World or even Disney, I think Disneyland has it opened up there too the ride like I, it's it's one of the best and like it doesn't um there's no like really motion sicknessy kind of thing you know because mm -hmm. the millennium falcon ride makes it feel like you're flying through space so that yeah. might not be very you know f friendly for some folks but this interactive like walking ride was great you, you even had at one point people yelling at you like I, like the stormtroopers uh-huh like and like the the captains or whoever those people are in the uniforms just like saying like what are you looking at you know what i mean like it was just it was so immersive it was great rise of the resistance walt disney world the, the other ride the millennium falcon ride is yes what, what's that one called i call it the millennium falcon ride. all right perfect <laughs> <laughs> me and my family went in um october of 2019 so right mm -hmm. before like that that ride got released or whatever, um, yes. <laughs> and so we waited in line because that ride was like the new thing at that moment, you know, for like the next couple months. Um, yes. And so <laughs> we waited a long line for it. And so me, my mom, my dad, and my sister <laughs> were all in line. And then we got randomly assigned, you know, like pilot, uh, gunner, gunner, and engineer. then engineer. Yeah. Engineer. So yeah. me and my dad got picked as the pilots. And so we're sitting in the front and like my dad, super stoic, like very opposite personality wise for me, like in a lot of ways. So we're sitting there and it takes us a while to realize that one of us is moving left to right and the other is moving up and down. <laughs> up and down. <laughs> so we... We like almost fail the mission almost immediately because my dad is like pressing down and he's on the up and like the 
up and down portion and then he's going down and then immediately pulling up and so i literally was about to puke because he kept going back and forth back and forth back and forth because it was like a little bit delay yeah it's so funny because like oh it was excellent but i'm glad so i wouldn't lose my lunch on this new ride no on this new ride you won't and by the way that ride is was called millennium falcon smugglers run got it yeah that that makes sense yeah yeah, the ride that I 100% recommend for everybody, even if you're not like a hardcore Star Wars fan, because I'm a very like Star Wars adjacent fan and mm-hmm. Rise of the Resistance, best ride in, in Hollywood Studios. Nice. Even wow. Trump's freaking Toy Stories really? toy the gunning toy game. Toy Mania, yes. Well, in, yes. In terms of immersion, how does it compare to the Avatar Pandora ride? Because I really enjoy the immersion oh, that, from that, that ride. Yeah, that ride is amazing too. Because you can even smell. It feels like you're smelling. Oh, yeah, they have like the, I've the never wind even, breeze. The, where's that the, at? The, yeah. the breeze. That's Animal an Kingdom? Animal Kingdom, Matt. Yeah. Uh, did you skip on that? Uh, I think we. So we were actually we went down to like San Augustine area, and then we. We drove into Orlando just to go see Star Wars, like in Hollywood Star Studios. Wars. Yeah, so we only okay, went to Hollywood that, Studios. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The Pandora ride is in Animal Kingdom, and that ride is Got also it. excellent. Alex, I would say that this was more immersive because you Whoa. you were your own person, and like people acknowledged you. I guess because like in the Pandora ride, you're like sitting on a banshee. Like there's like a th- like a hundred people in this like virtual screen sitting on different banshees, you know what I mean, and like flying through the scenery. But like in this ride, people could verbally harass you if you wanted it. I guess. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> like oh, I don't want I mean, to be like, scolded on the ride. Well, I, <laughs> well, you're like walking through, and they're like rebel scum. Like, what are you looking at? You know yeah, what I mean? Wh- like, <laughs> why do I want to get bad talked? <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. I, okay, I guess to each their own, but I freaking I I loved it. It was so great. Speaking of Avatar, when are we getting Avatar two? Like James Cameron, like where are you at? It came out in two thousand nine. At this rate, who knows? Everything's getting delayed. Yeah, no clue. But two thousand nine. That's crazy. Anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. But you brought it up. <laughs> All right, so. Done with the bottom three, not to say that it's any less than the top three, but actually they are less than the top three. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, that's what exactly that they are. So for my top third recommended experience of 2020 is actually my favorite song of 2020. Whoa. And oh. that is Can't Get You Out of My Mind by Dreamcatcher. And so I'll be linking this okay. to my co-host so they can maybe take a listen if they want to. Um, but uh, so Dreamcatcher is a Korean girl um, pop group. Oh, pop adjacent, I guess. And they are currently my favorite Korean music group of all of them out there. I know people probably have heard of BTS. Uh, they've gotten pretty big here uh, stateside. Um, and Dreamcatcher is relatively a, a much smaller group in terms of popularity and notoriety. Um, but typically, uh, they do kind of this fusion of like pop music combined with rock. 
So a lot of their songs have more kind of like rock instrumentals, um, you know, heavy drum, heavy guitar, heavy bass line. And so they're just, you know, they're, they're very different than your typical, you know, what you might think of Korean pop group, something like BTS, or if you've heard of them, um, Blackpink. And in particular, uh, one of the things I like about Dreamcatcher is that they're very outgoing, not just with the music, but with what they do musically. Um, in the past, they've done a lot of covers of songs in English. Uh, they've covered things like Lucky Strike by Maroon 5 and There's Nothing Holding Me Back by Shawn Mendes. And Can't Get You Out of My Mind is actually their first own or one of their first own holy English songs that they've done. So the entire, all the lyrics are in English and it's more of an EDM style track, so there's it's not the rock that they normally are, but has that EDM kind of electronic house style music. Um, but it being one of the first songs they've done, you know, originally that's wholly in English, it was just such a you know breath of fresh air for me for them because seeing them do all these covers and seeing them you know kind of showing that they can at least you know enunciate pretty well in English um, just gave me hope that you know not to say that they won't or they will ever become more of a globally popular music group um, and break out of the kind of Korean sphere, but it's something that I hope for them. And actually, uh, my favorite member of the group, Yoohyun, it's actually her birthday today that we're recording this. Happy birthday. So I know she'll never listen to this podcast, but I just want to put on record, happy birthday, Yoohyun. You know, you're my favorite member. Thank you for, you know, working so hard and happy being birthday. <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> <Yeah>, musician. <laughs> We can. Hey, does um, she have a Twitter? We could just. Uh, oh man, I actually don't. I'll know just add her if she has a Twitter. <laughs> I'll add her and be like, I don't know. Listen, fifty some minutes in <laughs> for your shoutouts. <laughs> right, um, but yeah. So, favorite song of the year, favorite from my favorite group, and just we're recording on her birthday, so just a combination of all those things. Um, Tiffany's probably gonna kill you because you've just dated our podcast recording but well that's dating it again because i I dated it with (laughs) my (laughs) visiting of san diego a year ago but you know there's that anniversary yu hyun's birthday is today you know i'm just yep it's a it's a day of celebration it is a day of celebration um you know speaking of music this you know slides directly into my third pick um probably one of the most celebrated musicians in 2020 was a small artist um, by the name of K.K. Slider. Um, K.K. Slider, <laughs> of course, is... I love this! <laughs> ...is the dog musician that plays on Saturdays on many people's islands um, all the way since March of 2020. Um, so, of course, I'm talking about Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Um, this came out in March 2020. Um, I knew I would talk about this before Tiffany... Um, but I'm sure she's going to talk a whole lot more about it later down the road. Um, so I'm not going to belabor. You don't belabor- know me. I think I do. <laughs> you yeah, talked about you it do. on like you so do. many of our podcasts. <laughs> you do. Um, no spoilers. But my point of this, and Tiffany, you can keep your thoughts for some other time, I suppose. Um, but <laughs> pandemic really started in March for us here stateside. Um, and that was when a portion of my shifts started to go um, off-site. And so, you know, seeing friends pretty frequently to then not seeing my friends ever um, 
for a good bit of time to where, you know, like work for me is a big socialization thing. Like I, it's just to, so, you know, like a part of it is to socialize and like be part of a community. And that, that was like really lacking. And, um, I found myself in a kind of like a, kind of a hole, um, personally and animal crossing came at a perfect time because it came out in March of 2020 and, um, Tiffany and I would play animal crossing um, we both got it and we went to each other's island and, um, we used Nintendo voice chat, which is really bad, but like, we still were able to <laughs> communicate yeah. verbally. Um, and even if it was just like a 10 minute, Hey, can I check to see what's at your store and then pop back out to my island and, you know, make it perfect. Um, it, it was just, it was really awesome and it was really needed. And I think that even if, you know, it didn't get game of the year and a lot of people's, category like you know big news media but i think everybody would admit that animal crossing needed to come out this year um at least that's what i think personally um so you know it's it's been a pretty big you know portion of 2020 of course i've fallen off the track since maybe may of 2020 i moved on um others have stayed on <laughs> for a long time which is great um but for me um animal crossing came at a perfect time and so i couldn't recommend it more um but that that is that i'm just gonna say that i love animal crossing so my number three is actually is animal crossing <laughs> no it's not animal crossing <laughs> My number three is actually maybe a little bit of a cheat, but my number three recommended experience for 2020 are the Pixar movies that came out in the year 2020. <laughs> so oh two gosh. movies came out and are on Disney+. Plus. Uh, the first movie is what Alex had mentioned in his list, Onward. Delightful story. Loved it so much. Story about two brothers. I felt like it was super li- relatable. You know, Alex is my brother, and I just saw a lot of similarities. He's not my brother. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not his brother. <laughs> Alex is my brother, but I'm not his brother. And I just saw a lot of, like some similarities between <laughs> kind of the t- the two brothers' relationship. The older one was kind of like more like enthused and like outgoing and kind of like like I don't want to say crazy, but he was just like so. Like, let's go on an adventure. And I feel like sometimes I fall into that category where, um, you know, s- specifically when Animal Crossing came out, I'm like, Alex, this game is so amazing. Let's go on an island and make an adventure. <laughs> I slowly broke him down and he ended up getting Animal Crossing too. So anyway, <laughs> Onward was such. She paid a- for a third of the game. So that's <laughs> what got me to get on the adventure. That was, that was my first interaction with Alex. Was I went oh, to his yeah. island to sell my bells at a high price, and then you, you I just sat next to him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Who Who would have thought? Yep. Hey, we We hung out by my uh, stereo. Yeah. Who would have yeah. thought we're doing a podcast together? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, um, onward is just such a touching story. I love it. It's I highly recommend it. And then two movie that came out on Christmas Day was Pixar's Soul. Now, this movie was supposed to come out in November in theaters, but luckily I'm really glad that they decided to put it on Disney Plus for um, no extra cost. That was so um, comforting. And I watched it Christmas morning 
with my mom who came to visit and it was so moving. It was really what I needed. I really don't know that it's much of a children's movie more so than an adult movie. It's Mm -hmm. about a character who had a dream of playing jazz and he ends up dying before that dream can officially happen and so the whole movie is about him trying to get back to the real world um there it was voiced the main character is voiced by jamie fox and the second kind of like sidekick character is voiced by tina fey who is hilarious and the whole movie honestly it just talked about finding your purpose in life or maybe not finding your purpose in life or it's okay that you don't have an actual purpose Mm -hmm. and you know knowing that your personality is made by a bunch of different sparks and different things make you who you are all these messages really like kind of was like really comforting and not gonna lie the main character was almost like in a midlife crisis kind of situation like you know obviously he's like i just want to play jazz and now i'm dead what do i do you know like that kind of like comedy and i really could relate to that because it's like am i doing what i want to do for the rest of my life like you know what i mean so i just thought it was such a nice like disney-fied way to send a message and have a great story and so i i, I really recommend both of those movies and if you have disney plus you need to watch the stat we've thrown out so much free marketing for disney plus you were so yes. welcome disney plus <laughs> yeah <laughs> sponsor us please <laughs> Or Please. Disney in general, actually. Yeah, we did yeah. an MCU episode, so that's all Disney. And also, Disney World, you know, came up. Oh, just... yeah, you're right. All right, so top two. My my second, second highest, second least highest? I don't know. Top second recommended experience of 2020. And in a general way, it is the Japanese role-playing game genre, JRPG genre as a whole. And so just to just to list off a few of the Japanese RPGs that came out last year, uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, Neo 2, uh, Persona 5 Royal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Paper Mario, The Origami King. And yes, it's a JRPG for, you, for those of you out there who don't think it is, but it is totally a JRPG. <laughs> And um, Yakuza, Like a Dragon, which I've spoken on the podcast previously. And I, I recommend the genre as a whole because, you know, in light of recent events of things, you know, like Cyberpunk 2077, um, Japanese RPGs tend to not be open worlds for the most part, or at least traditionally the genre isn't, it's kind of like the opposite of open world. I mean, these days, right, everything kind of has open world aspects, but, you know, to what, um, how the storytelling is told is Japanese RPGs are typically more of a linear story where they really want to get you, you know, key moment to key moment. And they're kind of the side quests you can do along the way, but typically they want you to kind of progress the story as the main driver for getting you through the experience. And I really think, you know, especially in light of cyberpunk in that uh, I I feel like even though some people might not like the linearity, they might think, oh, it's just handholding or it's something that it doesn't give me the freedom to explore. I still feel that there is a lot of merit to these this type of storytelling because it gives you a more kind of, I guess, cinematic way of being told this story and uh, being able to appreciate it 
in a kind of, I guess, quote unquote, timely fashion, because uh, I know there's at least what my personal complaints with open world games is that because they, I guess, want you to do a whole lot of different mm-hmm. things. Typically, the story doesn't get that sort of emphasis or you don't feel the onus to complete the main story missions in a timely fashion because you're like, ooh, look, extra dot on the map. What's over there? <laughs> or, oh, look, I'm actually not strong enough to do the next mission, so I have to go do side stuff to be strong enough to see the, how the story advances. Mm-hmm. And so kind of to get that direct storytelling that Japanese RPGs typically give is just, you know, to me, something I grew up with and something I just love because one of the main reasons I play games is the storytelling, uh, right? As Matt kind of mentioned before, is video games kind of provide this interactive medium that I feel no other kind of creative outlet makes possible. Um, Like movies and shows and books can tell you a story, and especially, right, uh, movies can show you the story, but you're not interacting with it. You're not kind of giving a, a little bit of how you want to react and how the game wants to react back to how you're handling it. And so just being able to play these games and also these are long stories by no means like pretty much. I think the shortest game on what I listed is probably Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. And even then it's still like a 30 hour game. And so like, mm-hmm. these are things you can you know spend your hard earned money on, but get, tons and tons of hours of playtime out of and just enjoy especially as tiffany's experiencing right now with persona 5 royal just literal hours upon you know tens of hours so long so very long (laughs) but fun and i like how you also cheated for number two by listing like eight things <laughs> i know i mean it's not a cheat yeah. but i told you i wanted to broaden it out so yeah it's, it's I, I recommend the genre as a whole to those that might not have experienced it yet or might be averse to i'd say definitely these games um that came out last year kind of are the creme de la creme so to speak and i think will show you kind of the best sides of what they can offer I almost feel really bad because i completely forgot paper mario came out this year i even talked about it on the podcast i think at some point yeah i was so that i enjoyed that game shout out to that game and jrpgs (laughs) yes obviously did not make my list (laughs) since i'm just remembering i second yeah i second the shout out to final fantasy 7 remake that almost made my list oh yeah i really want to play that that's actually something um on my short list of ps4 games to play um because i I really enjoyed playing the game, the original. Um, I haven't bought the, the. I guess it's a remaster, but it's not remaster. It's just like a reskin port to the Xbox. Um, but yeah, I like Final Fantasy VII. Oh, it's a good one. Too bad. And, and too that, bad uh, you that only movie. have the digital. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, the the movie too for Final like that kind of ties in with Final Fantasy VII. Um, advent children so good yes have you guys seen that yeah. recently it still like holds up it's really good i haven't seen it recently but i own it on dvd and it's at my parents house okay nice um so getting to my final two um spoilers for both of these these are actually two of my literal most recommended experience of 2020 because i have told the most people about both of these 
what? to watch them. No. So I'm, I'm living the name, guys. I am <laughs> living the name. Um, so number two, coming in, is a show called Money Heist. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Money Heist. Um, it is a Netflix show. Oh, yes. This show yes. is um, originally a, sp- a Spanish show, actually. Um, so the original, of course, has English subtitles. Um, but actually, Netflix has English dubs as well, if you'd like to do that. Um, they did not come out in 2020. The last part, so there's four parts, um, four seasons. Um, season four actually came out in 2020, and that's when I was introduced to it. Um, actually, from my old co-resident, he texted me, and he's like, Hey, man, you should uh, you should watch Money Heist. It's really good. Give it some time. Like, It'll, it'll get really good. Um, and I ignored him for about six months and then finally watched it in April <laughs> of this year. <laughs> um, and I was hooked. I watched four seasons, which I think the total, I don't know the total number. I think there was like 13 episodes, maybe 11, 10, like, so, like close to maybe 40 episodes, I would say, estimate. Um, all 45 minute long. And I watched them all maybe a week maybe even less than a week like i did nothing but go to work and watch money heist and this was time when i was working from home so i literally would log into my computer from home work and then when my shift ended i would close my laptop (laughs) and turn on my tv and watch money heist um and it was so good like this this show basically the premise of money heist is um it's it's a bank heist it's a glorified Ocean's Eleven type show um, where there's a central character named the Professor and he kind of finds this group, this motley crew that may not even like each other, but they all bring something good to the table to pull off this heist. And it basically follows their adventure um, through the uh, Spanish mint of um, stealing that and... Um, it's great. It's so well written and it's just so interesting. Um, I could not recommend it enough. I've told a lot of people about this. I don't know if I ever told you, Tiffany, um, before this podcast, but I'm telling you now, you should watch it. Um, season no, you've five. Told me, you've told me a lot. What did I say? I No, I was just saying that you did tell me about Money Heist oh, okay. actually several times okay. and I just still haven't watched it yet. Okay, perfect. So you're in the ignoring phase. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Give it some time and then watch it. It's so good. Um, and reportedly, even I think yesterday, they announced that season five is the final season and it's coming out in 2021. So I'm super excited to see how all this ends. Um, but it's it's great. It's a great show. If you like shows that are smart, like that are just well-written and don't have like it's just a lot of thought and care went into these characters um it's very intriguing i've always loved money heists like or money heist like bank heists just like heists big yeah you know elaborate plans um with someone that has just thought of everything that could have happened um and you're almost you, you know you're rooting for the bad guys and it's just so cool um it's it's excellent so um it also has really good original music in it as well um I'm actually, um, I could hear, so this is maybe like two or three weeks after I finished it, um, my 
bedroom wall backs up to the apartment next to me and um that apartment it's their living room and so like at 1 a.m i could hear the music to know that my neighbors were watching money heist and like i was a (laughs) little bit mad but then i was like you know what good for you that's a good show (laughs) now turn it down i'm trying to get some sleep (laughs) um so anyway you guys should watch it um give the first season a try at least um i would 100 percent recommend it best show i've seen all year and this beats out you know mandalorian queen's gambit the boys everything that we've talked about in our peer review um i would put this above all of those wow okay i'll keep it in mind and maybe i can practice my espanol yeah by do listening it. to it mm-hmm. in spanish mm-hmm. um so my number two is actually also a Netflix show or a show that you can watch on Netflix. It is the show Shit's Creek. So mm, it's nice. a Canadian show uh, that ha- stars Eugene Levy, Dan Levy, Catherine O'Hara, and Annie Murphy. And the premise of the show is a family that were very wealthy And um, their lives are turned upside down because Eugene Levy, who plays the father of the family, the father figure, was swindled by his, like, business partner. And basically, everything of their value was recouped by, like, the government. And except for one thing, the deed to the town called Schitt's Creek. Uh, In the show, Eugene Levy's character bought... um, dan levy's character the show like the town as a joke when he turned like 16 or 18 or something (laughs) and was like this isn't worth anything so you can just keep owning this town and so they end up like showing up to schitt's creek and end up living in a motel in like in the town and they they have a basically a two-bedroom uh suite i guess like in the motel that has like a connecting door Uh and so they just like kind of live there while they're trying to re like basically like like get jobs and make money blah blah blah. the children characters are dan levy um levy and annie murphy are hilarious because they're just kind of like they're like supposed to be in their like mid to mid to late 20s but they are like clueless about general stuff Mm -hmm. like life in general and they're just like you know one honestly one of my favorite quotes from that show is in like one of the first episodes and i quote it even to this day where dan or um so the characters name are david and alexis so those are the names of the characters of the children mm-hmm. and they're in the room and <laughs> david's like so you can have the bed closest to the door um, I'll take this bed because it's like two beds in this uh-huh. room, right? Like two twins. And Alexis like, no, David, you get murdered first. And, like moves her suitcase from the bed that's closest to the door. She's like, you get murdered for once first, David. And like that line killed me. And I literally, whenever I go on road trips with friends and I am like, we're in a hotel. And I literally... And telling people, like, okay, you can get murdered first. Like, I'm going to take this back. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, and so the sixth and final season came out 
to Netflix in 2020 of this year. And honestly, I've never been so pleased with the end, uh, like a series finale before in my life. Like okay. I honestly, like I can count on one hand the number of times I felt like happy or at peace with the way a show ended. And this show ended like perfectly. Like I don't know that I could have wished for another ending. Yes, there were characters that um, ended their stories in ways that I wasn't, like I wanted something else to happen for them, but at the same time, the show like made it like their story and I accepted it. And honestly, it's not very long. It's six seasons. I think this seasons last like 13 ish episodes, like 12 to maybe 14 episodes a season. And it's sitcom style. So it's like 30 minute, 20, 20 to 30 minutes per episode. It is such a delight. It's so funny. They are, you know, rich people who now have to live like, you know, mid lower class citizens but like they love each other like the family loves each other the wife isn't like trying to leave her husband because you know he doesn't have money anymore you know what i mean mm -hmm. like they they love each other and they're trying to grow together and there's a lot of character growth and it's so funny and i just i wholeheartedly recommend it and i tell a lot of people to go give it a try it's hilarious and i love it Shit's is there Creek. a laugh track no that's good. Okay. There's no laugh track. And just there's so many quotable moments. Like just so many. It's it's a delight and it's a joy. No, and you get murdered first. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to find your own favorite quotes. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to keep quoting like, you know, extracting comedic gold from the episodes. Like, give it a watch. I love it so much. Mm. Shit's Creek on Netflix. Do it. And that's S C H I T T. Oh, good point. Yes, because yeah. it's a family name. There's a like the mayor of the town. His last name is Shit. So, he's shit. so, so uh, it's indeed, he just hasn't been cursing for the past. Yeah, it's S C H I T T. Apostrophe S. Does Creek. the mayor have a Shit's dog? Creek. He does not. Oh. What's it's too bad. Okay, never mind. <laughs> no. Yeah, watch it for yourself. It's great. <laughs> okay. And with that comes our top Oof. recommended experiences of 2020. Number one. Number one. And so, and I don't want to hear that it's cheating, but my top recommend experience of 2020 is Final Fantasy 7 remake. Okay. And I know my number 2 was the JRPG <laughs> genre in general and I did include I did mention 7 remake then, but as a singular game and I guess technically only game, you know, if you're excluding Dreams cuz that's more of a creation tool mm -hmm. kind of. Um as the only game on my list, it it definitely is my favorite game that I played last year out of everything and you know, I played a lot of wow. the big hitters, you know, I've played Cyberpunk, I've played Neo, I've played Last Ghost Part Two. I'm surprised Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Wow. And Ghost didn't even make it on the list. Yeah. And what happened? something about Seven Remake <laughs> and the idea of going back to the JRPG genre in that it's, you know, it's visuals, you know, the graphic, you know, besides the door, I know people meme the texture on the door doesn't load, but, you know, besides that, visuals, 
um, including like the particle effects on spells that, you know, Square Enix has always been known to do so well. Just like whenever you cast a spell or do an ability, just particles everywhere that make things look super, you know, high fantasy looks great. Um, the game design, the combat, this mixture of action combat, but also still retaining the turn-based style of the original that came out in 1997. Um, And the the way they incorporate and kind of improve upon cinematic moments in boss battles and how you're still controlling your character in this midst of the boss still doing something, this crazy animation, but, you know, it's never really fully taking control away from you for the most part. And... In, in line with that is also my favorite gaming moment of 2020 of all the games I played was in seven remake. And I won't go into too much details because I know Matt mentioned before that seven remake is on his backlog. So I'll just keep it broad at this point. What the end of chapter seven and in particular, a music, a musical change in, in the key moment at the end of chapter seven, where, uh, there's this, you know, instrumental music going on and this swell of choir just gets added to the song. And it's a song that's appeared in the original game, but obviously it was redone for the remake and it didn't have a choir in it originally, but just this transition in the moment where the choir gets added to the song seamlessly too, because the, you know, Square's sound team did a great job in incorporating musical transitions in the, in the soundtrack and just how, and I realize it's that, that moment of when you're adding a choir to anything, it just makes it feel much more important oh, yeah. and much more, I guess, have much more gravity than anything else that has happened. And in that moment, right, having heard the original song and listening to it and being like, oh, this is such a great song. I love the how the remake did it. But then adding the choir at that moment in at the end of chapter seven just added so much more to that experience and it's my most one of my most memorable experiences of any video game i've played and something i'll definitely remember going into the future and just how that has stayed with me and also how polished that game is and i know people you know it was it was announced back in 2015 and so it took five years for it to get released but you know regardless of how much dev time there actually was in those five years it was definitely a product worth worth waiting for and it culminated in that moment for me, just hearing the music, doing the battle itself. I'll, I'll spoil that a little bit mm-hmm. more. There is a battle at the end of chapter seven. Um, I played Final Fantasy seven before, ex- so hopefully there's nothing <laughs> added, I guess. <laughs> well, well, I, I won't say specifically, though, because you'll see like in the run up to it, you'll know what I'm okay. talking about. Like You'll see it what I mean way before you get there. But the actual experience, I, I actually have the... Um, a YouTube video, but I realize I'm not going to post it. Um, okay. Just for anti spoilers for at least you and uh, Tiffany's already played it, but you know, no spoilers for her. Um, but yeah, just okay. it was <laughs> such a great game, and I really can't. Yeah, it, like no other games. I mean, the other games I played last year came close, but this just the entire experience and it being a remake and just being like, oh, you know, this isn't the end, right? Like we're mm-hmm. getting more seven. And personally, I don't mind that it was split up and I'm more excited for it, kind of having it, you know, it in parts because seeing what they were willing to invest into the part one, I'm just now t- 
totally in on if you're willing to go this far to remake this game for a modern era, mm-hmm. I can see that they truly care about kind of remaking the game. And I can only hope for the best of the next parts that come out, whether it's one or two more parts or however many parts they decide on are going to be just as good, if not better than the first. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely excited for, you know, the future party members that we don't get to see in the first one that are going to hopefully appear in the follow-up. So it's just what an amazing time. When do you think we can expect part two? Oh man. I mean, with square, a question. you never yeah. want, yeah, you never want to expect anything with square because <laughs> they always tend to announce things and then they, they, they say we're making it right. Mm-hmm. Like we know they're making part two yeah, right now. Yeah, for sure. But um, they tend to announce things really early and then they don't necessarily give a release date, but just, you know, we get strung along for a while. Mm-hmm. It's like, right, they just last year, at the end of last year, they announced Fall Fantasy 16 yeah. is in production. So Early 2023. Uh, Cut the check. 2023. 2023. Final, oh, man. Oh, okay. She, Final Fantasy VII Part Two. Um, you know what? I'll say 2022. I actually, I don't want it to be, but I agree with 2023. Mostly because I <laughs> Got think the tie break. we could potentially, yeah, we <laughs> could potentially get 16 this year. And I think yep. it would be at least another two years after getting 16. So if we don't get 16 this year, I might say 2024. But yeah, Oof. I think it's a at least a two year gap from getting 16 out the door. Sad. I'm but. You know, sooner the better, but don't rush it. Game. You know, as Cyberpunk has shown, please don't rush it. It's true. Take the time that you need. So, Alex, I want you to know and our listeners to know how much I value your recommendations. So, while you were talking, I Googled Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I was brought up this tweet from their official Twitter that says, Tag the friend who still hasn't picked up Final Fantasy VII Remake and tell them it's half price for only one more day. And so I went on PlayStation and I purchased it during our oh. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so after I hopefully platinum Cyberpunk, whenever that's going to happen, Final Fantasy VII Remake will be next on the chopping block. Nice. I'm so excited. I'll Such keep you posted. Game. Keep you posted. Chapter seven, man. That's the chapter. All right. All right. We'll see. We'll see. It's such a great game. That yeah. that came out April of 2020. And, you know, right after my Animal Crossing, I like, I consumed that game, you know? Like, it just felt good playing it with the battle style. And the, the, it was beautiful to look at. And I, I loved it. I, fin- I actually, like, started it and finished it within, like, a month, which is great unheard of yeah it's normally unheard of (laughs) like her commitment to that game especially with also playing animal crossing on the side like that that's a testament to how good seven remake was to get her to finish it that quickly i also vaguely remember her telling me that her brother was texting her to stop playing animal crossing and to play final (laughs) fantasy seven remake Quite frequently. <laughs> like, I might have imagined it. Matt, you know? 
No, you didn't imagine it. Because remember, he mailed me mail in Animal Crossing yes. that said, play seven remakes. Yeah. Like, that's all that it said. <laughs> I was like, ooh, I got mail. And I, like, opened it up, and all it said was, play seven re- It's like, play seven R. That's all that it said. That's so good. That is so good. All right. So, the number one recommended experience which is going to shock the world. Um, it's going to shock everyone on the podcast, everyone listening from home. Um, it's probably not going to shock anybody. Um, my most recommended experience is Hades. What? I know. Wow. No, I know. Um, it, this was the easiest thing. Um, it's definitely my game of the year this year. Um, Hades was something I didn't expect much of. I had heard the hype and it was just something I picked up and played and fell in love with. It just was like um, a roguelite that I've, you know, historically have played some roguelites um, and roguelikes, which we won't get into that conversation again. But um, I was just engrossed with this setting. Um, I loved all the characters. I loved the music. I played it and i you know i'm a big soulsborne fan um so dark souls um which demon souls i need to get back to too that's a good reminder but um you know i love hard games i enjoy them um and beating hades for the first time at like run 17 and then beating the game all together um which takes 10 runs 10 complete runs to get the full story at like run 40 42 um I was just as invested, if not more invested, at run 42 as I was in the first run. Um, I thought that the character development was all there. The story was was enough to pull me back in. And the thing was, is the entire first, you know, 17 runs, I had no idea what was going to happen. Like, this is a very narrative story. And it's like, what's going to happen when you get out? Like, you're, the whole premise is to get out of hell. Why yeah. do you do another run after you get out of hell? Like, that was all I was thinking. And I was just so interested to see how they were going to play that. And I thought that they played it in such a way that was so well thought out. And um, and then even, like, why would you want to do it multiple times? Why would you want to do it 42 times and, you know, beat the game 10 times? Is the story really worth it? And to me, it was. Um, and... You know, I have a lot of respect for super giant games. Obviously, you know, like I run our Twitter. Um, <laughs> and so if you follow us, um, which you probably don't, since we have one follower named Michelle and the three of us. <laughs> so go follow us. Um, follow us. Matt, what's our what's our? You can, you can follow us at uh, RXP underscore podcast. Um, if you look at it, even our pinned tweet is about Hades. Um, and I take as as much time as I can um, to mention Hades um, as much as, as possibly uh, as humanly possible. Um, I have a, a lot of respect for super giant games. Like I said, um, one caveat to my recommended experience is to watch the no clip documentary series, which goes deep dive into super giant games. You know, we've talked a lot, like even with cyberpunk and CD project red, um, there was like some crunch potentially happening and like these developers having to put in long hours. 
um, Supergiant has been so transparent with their work practices. And basically, they say that it's it's basically illegal to send an email after 5 p.m. on Friday. Like weekends, you're not allowed to send an email. You're not allowed to send a text um, that's work related because even if you want to do that, um, it doesn't mean the person who receives that text or receives that email wants to work. Um, and it, they just it, I have the utmost respect for Supergiant Games, so watch that. Um, there's five episodes. I think the sixth episode is coming out early this this year, um, so keep an eye out on that. Um, but really, like I recommended it to all of you all. Um, I know Yasser picked it up. Alex, you and Tiffany picked it up. Um, I recommended it to uh, my good friend James, um, and he's already beaten it. The f- um, well, he hasn't, I don't think he's beaten it all the way through, but he's, he's working through that. Um, he's enjoying it. He really enjoyed the no clip documentaries. I have been trying to put this in anyone's hands as I can. And I really want it to come to PS5 because I'll play it again. It was that good. Um, so I know you guys are not surprised by this recommended experience, but it's definitely my mm-hmm. number one. Yeah, I really need to get back to it because I haven't even done one complete run yet. Uh, the farthest I got was the second phase of the final boss. Okay. So, but it's definitely still on my list. I do not intend to abandon it, um, as I do with some games that I haven't played, like uh, Gwent Thronebreaker. Although I don't intend to abandon that either, but definitely I do want to at least do the one run in Hades and see really what that reason is as to why you would do more because somehow i'm still in the dark i have not been spoiled yet uh nor do i even know hopefully luckily i haven't been spoiled on the true ending either Mm -hmm. so there is still intrigue there for me to at least do the one run if not do the nine more after to get that full story and you know completely you know quote unquote complete the game to be honest like alex hasn't even triggered one part of the story that I thought everyone triggers early on and I was just baffled really uh by uh, yeah by my cryptic conversation with Alex because I was trying not to spoil anything and I was like wait you really didn't do that and he's like no why I didn't need to and I was like wait a second what like I'm just really surprised I managed one complete run I escaped uh I only recently found out about god mode which allows you to gain defenses every time you die. And I had no idea that that was a thing. And so I like struggled through the game (laughs) to Mm -hmm. escape one time. And then when I went back, which I was very interested on escaping again, I just was like, I was beat again twice when I was like trying to like repeat it. And I was like, I can't do this right now. So then I kind of put it aside. So I haven't gone back yet to do my extra escapes, but I I think I want to. I might I might do that next week. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but it's I agree with the music. I actually just like pulled up on YouTube the Eurydice song. One of the characters in the game, her name is Eurydice, and she sings a song called Good Riddance, and I love it so much. Yeah. And I just honest, I just pulled it up on YouTube and listened to it because it's beautiful. I agree. The music is beautiful. The art is beautiful. I love the theme. I absolutely mm-hmm. adore the theme. In middle school, middle school Tiffany was all about Greek mythology. <laughs> like big, big ass backpack glasses. Actually, I didn't wear glasses in middle school. But like, you know, just imagine a nerd. And that was me. <laughs> about <laughs> Greek mythology. Um, yeah. So I'm super excited to talk about my number one. 
recommended experience of 2020. It is also my game of the year 2020. You guys, it is Animal Crossing New Horizons game of the year. Wow. Excellent multiplayer experience in the sense okay, of camaraderie. Well, that, that's the end of our show. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Let me have my piece. Let me finish. You you both had your soliloquies about your games. I'm going to talk now. Listen, you guys. Yes, traveling to your island and watching the loading screen of the airplane Gooding to your island is a nightmare. <laughs> it's still a nightmare. However, they not the game it? just... No, they have okay. not fixed it. However, the game is just such a delight still. I was so disappointed I didn't stay up on New Year's Eve to watch the ball drop in Animal Crossing because apparently that was one of the stamp cards I was missing. I was like missing one stamp card in my game and I found out after the fact that it was watching the ball drop on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. I had to work on New Year's Day, so that's why I went to bed early. But it, I honestly, I'm literally still meeting people now that like play animal crossing or just got animal crossing and are telling me like hey i just got animal crossing or like oh my gosh you play like let me visit your island like i had someone who i haven't spoke to in like a year and a half visit my island a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. matt it was one of your co-residents yeah yeah like <laughs> yeah so and then i had another friend my best friend's um, little brother just like messaged me and said that he got animal crossing and like in the last couple weeks and i was like oh my gosh let's exchange friend codes the whole friend code thing is still a nightmare too like to be honest but anyway the game so great like i the day it came out i was like so stressed because i unfortunately bought a physical copy from best buy and i was like please don't shut down please don't shut down before i get my game please don't shut Mm -hmm. down (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I, I I literally was like I was like really hoping hard that I could get it and I got it <laughs> I got it I played it I'm still playing it I do have to admit though that today was the first day this week that I logged on to Animal Crossing so I didn't log on on Saturday Sunday oh wait now now I'm dating the episode dang it um let's just say <laughs> it's, it's your top experience of 2020 so that's true that's true so i mean i have slowed down a little bit i still like to visit my island and see what's going on january and february are new months for me in the game because you know the game came out in march so i'm still like kind of actively you know checking things out catching i've caught all the bugs i've caught all the fish like that's really exciting uh i am kind of like still looking at some outfits and stuff they expanded the storage in the game which has been a delight i'm making snowmen i'm really bad at making snowmen i'm actually kind of mad about it how bad i am at making the snowmen um but that's really fun because it's winter time you know there's snow on my island um but when you make a snowman perfect he gives you a diy and he gives you a large snowflake to help make the item that he taught you how to make so it's just such a cozy and jolly game i love it so much animal crossing everyone get animal crossing Matt, boot up your Animal Crossing. I've mailed you so many things. I was just about to ask year. you. <laughs> like your mail is probably your mail probably stopped accepting the random stuff I was mailing you. Probably. Like, I kind of feel bad. I put so much effort. Remember my gardens? My gardens were like legit. Yeah, your gardens were beautiful. Yeah. They're probably now just full of weeds. Yeah, they are. But it just feels like a lot of work. Beautiful. Like I know when I. When I log back in, everyone's going to be like, oh, why'd you abandon me? <laughs> and I'd rather just ignore them for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, if Nintendo keeps, like, keeps updating 
the game with little like activities like i'm here for it like matt this weekend there's another fishing tournament it's like the last oh, fishing tournament for like my stamp card you guys are yeah. stamp cards oh, yeah this game. i remember that i remember yeah. all these vaguely i didn't even log in for my birthday i was so sad when you didn't because i knew you weren't going to and i wasn't going to harass you about it i, was <laughs> I like, think i was i like, think yeah it, it just didn't happen but it was a great game um, i agree with you i made alex log on on his birthday and he actually like did and he was like wow that was that was fun <laughs> like he, yeah, it, was, it was a pleasant 10 minutes yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no more yeah <laughs> yeah what a time what a time um all right i have way too many because i didn't you know make jrpgs my you know top six or uh pixar movies as my top six so i have some extras just as quickly just quickly <laughs> honorable mention um shout outs so tenet i thought it was good i really enjoy christopher nolan films wasn't as good as prestige moving on mandalorian you already know what i feel about that last dance that is now netflix watch it if you're a sports fan i'm a sports fan don't really care for NBA and wasn't alive for most of Michael Jordan's stuff. Um, but fantastic <laughs> watch. And I love it. It actually brought up conversations with me and my dad um, because he lived through it. And it was just fun to listen to that. And then last but not least, um, Dead by Daylight. Played a lot of that with Yasser and Gerald. Um, great game. Uh, scary. I'm not great with jump scares, so it was a lot of screaming on my part, um, but it's still a great game. I have honorable mentions, too. Uh, one is His Dark Material Season 2. Excellent. Loved it. Recommend it. Uh, the Boys Season 2 was great. You know, listen to our peer review. Mm-hmm. And Fall Guys. Oh, Fall yeah. Guys almost made my list, but it just it just didn't. <laughs> but I, <laughs> um, but shout out to those properties, and I agree with Matt on Mandalorian and Tenet. Mm-hmm. Check it out Check when it you have out. a chance. Okay, and with that, I'd say we're at the end of our healthiest episode we've recorded. It's a big boy. Whew, this is a long one. Man, 2020, there was actually so much that happened and things that I, like, forgot about. I know. And then remembered. Yeah. And so, with that, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, as Matt mentioned before, at rxp underscore podcast. Or you can email us at uh, rxp.podcast at gmail.com. Write in and let us know what your uh, top recommended experience of 2020 was. You know, was there a dish that you made? Was it, you know, a walk that you took? Was it, you know, a pet that you adopted? Who knows what it was, but, you know, let us know. Write in. You know, we we would like to feature more uh, listeners in that uh, would like to contribute to the pod. So just, you know, tweet us or write into the email. And with that... Take care, and we'll see you in future episodes of 2021. Bye. I never got into the whole bread making thing. I can't eat bread, so... <laughs>